This episode of the Link Up Podcast is brought to you by Moody & Co. CBD is everywhere these days, from supplement and nutrition stores to gas station displays. With so many options, how can anyone make sense of what to buy, how to properly dose, or trust in the quality and purity of the products? Luckily, our friends at Moody & Co. have all your bases covered. Moody & Co.'s products started their life, hand-grown, and cultivated following strict organic growing practices in the fertile soil of the West Tennessee Delta. Each hemp plant was hand-planted on their family-operated farm, fed only high-quality organic nutrients, and finished their life free of any toxic pesticides and sprays. Moody & Co.'s world-class extraction and manufacturing partners are FDA-grade and CGMP compliant, so you can be sure each and every product is of the highest quality. What about potency and purity? Each of Moody & Co.'s products is third-party, lab-tested before and after the manufacturing process, and the tests are available for you right on their website. Their website is www.moodyand.co. I'll spell that for you. That's www.moodyand.co. How about that for transparency? Dosing instructions are on each bottle and their tinctures feature graduated droppers so you can be sure you are taking exactly what you need. With all the uncertainty about what goes into the products that go into you, you can rest easy with Moody & Co. CBD. Available at www.moodyand.co or on the shelf in Memphis and Oxford, Mississippi locations of Nail Bar & Co. Once again, I'll spell that website for you. It's www.moodyand.co. And now to our episode. And that's when we started our speaking academy. We started our podcast. So it was probably about April that we started a podcast, April or May. It was May, actually. We launched it in May. We recorded, we pre-recorded it in April. And we launched it in May because it was around Labor Day, Memorial Day, that Memorial Day weekend is when we launched it. And are you the sole person on or do you have a co-host too? Just me. Just me. I really didn't do any solo episode, just the first one. And then this past year, I did about two solo episodes. Mm -hmm. But we've had uh, Brad Lee. We've had. Uh, oh, Brad okay. I like that guy. From uh, Grand Cardone Ventures. Yeah. And, uh, we've had some. It's been good, man. And I use it too for our, our, like some of the people that do our, their books with our, our clients. Okay. I'll give I'll give them some exposure. That way they can kind of build their brand too. So we use it that for, for, for just to help people, right? Of course, we want to try to get the best guests we can, but also to promote the people that need to hand up. So I believe in giving back. <laughs> and you say it's the Daniel Gomez podcast? Uh, Daniel, the, Dan Go ahead. the Daniel Gomez Inspire Show. Let me follow it right now. So I'll start listening to it. So, yeah, you just said that, you know, giving back is part of your part of your life. And I saw on, um, I saw reading about you earlier and you give back to um, the San Antonio Food Bank. So we give to the food bank. We give my wife the, the whole reason I started my business. Actually, we just finished our five year anniversary here a couple of days ago was my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2017. And that's when everything just kind of flipped upside down. And it just God brought me to my knees, to be honest with you. And 
I, I resigned to take care of her. And I thought it was just going to be for a couple of months. And during that, resin, that resignation time, I looked in the mirror and I just didn't like who I was, man. And then the whisper came where God said, I want you to be a motivational speaker. And everybody thought I was crazy. <laughs> and uh, the rest, they, they say in show business is history. I just, I was crazy enough to believe it. What did you not like about yourself? Everything. So, I think the fact that I had failed as a husband, I had failed as a leader of the organizations I was leading. I was selfish. The, I think the biggest hurt for me was my son. Uh, my kids were disconnected from me. I, I mean, we, I don't want to say it was a dysfunctional family, but I think I was just very selfish. I just didn't see it. And, um, right. They had the best of everything, the iPhones, the cars and whatever they wanted. But sometimes they just wanted their dad. Mm. Yeah. And sometimes my wife just wanted her husband and not the leader of the organization. So it was just really, you don't see it because you're just not aware to it. Now, do you, do you feel like age plays a factor in that too? I think a lot of it has to do with just for me being Mexican, right? Just being Mexican American. I think just here seeing my dad be the dominant role in our family. And it's, he always said, I remember he would, he would say this all the time to my mom is it's either the highway or the byway. And, uh, mm-hmm. right. Or in Spanish, they say, yo mando, right? Yo mando, this is my house. And it's just something that you, you, you embrace and you embody that behavior that you see as a kid. We don't realize how much we take in from our parents, good or bad. Yeah. Is that what they consider like machismo? Machismo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Like hunt, head, head boss or something? Head? Do you remember that there was a wrestler called Razor Ramon? Yeah. And he, yeah. Would, he would walk in there with the, with the toothpick. Machismo, <laughs> man. It's, just, it's arrogance, right? It's, it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's cockiness. It's kind of like it's more. It's not confidence. It's more of an arrogance. And, and uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say that I, I was that far, but I think sometimes maybe I did push the envelope. <laughs> yeah. So, but it just took a lot of heating that I do inside me. And so what is your, what is your program teach people or help people with? Well, we have so many different um, branches now. I think when I started, it was just straight up speaking. I was a motivational speaker and I just spoke about just people to love themselves and believe in themselves and, as my message grew, the brand grew. You see my DG in the back. That's a shield of faith, which is biblical. That's that's why I use that shield of faith because God is my shield. And as we grew, it was just really what I see in, in, in corporate America. Because I wasn't a good speaker when I first started. I had I had some natural talent. I mean, I was I was good, but I needed a lot of rough edges taken out. And when I started, it's like I really knew how to. Since I ran dealerships and automotive organizations for many years, almost 20 years, I knew how to sell. Mm-hmm. So I just put a sales training package together and went and knocked on doors. And that was my revenue for the first six months because I didn't have any other revenue. I didn't have any products. And from the speaking came our uh, show to fake coaching. And I didn't really see myself as a coach, to be honest with you. I didn't want to be a coach. That was It wasn't even in my mind. But when I went to John Maxwell, they were... They send us, I went for the speaker lane to learn to grow as a speaker, but they had this, you, they don't, you don't have to, but they have these sessions for coaching. And they said, are you going to go to the coaching sessions? I said, mm, I don't even know what a coach is. <laughs> I, mm. as, as believe that, I mean, that's the truth. And then once I went to these sessions, I'm like, I do all this because I had a hundred, I had a hundred employees and 
I didn't know what it was called, but I was mentoring them. I was guiding them. I was their father figure. I was their leader. And really, when when God opened my heart and my eyes to what I was already doing, I was like, I do this stuff. Like, I can do this. But I didn't, even when I left that first time from Orlando, I didn't consider myself a coach. I, it, it took me about a year to really embody the identity of a coach. And that, that happened probably like almost four years ago that I really started embodying the identity of because I had a problem being called an executive coach and I had a problem being called a business coach because I didn't really see myself in that light. But then as we did our first book, You Were Born to Fly, which is right here, it came out in 2018. People started asking me for advice, like, hey, how did you write a book and all this other stuff? And it just grew and more people came to me. And I'm like, I just felt it in my heart. God said, you got to charge them. They need your help. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, it's like, the business ideas came out of me and I'm like, man, they're like, Daniel, how do you know all this stuff? I'm like, I don't know. It just, what came natural. And I don't mean that arrogantly, right. But since I ran a Chevrolet dealership, they would send us to school a business school and we ran financials. We had, we, I mean, we knew the ins and outs of marketing, what percentage of, of our revenue needs to be for compensation and all these things that the, I guess the new entrepreneur doesn't know. And it just, the first year out, I mean, we, we broke six figures. The second year out, we, we grew even more. And this was just speaking, <laughs> speaking and, and self-training. Because I didn't know what I didn't know anything else. Well, when the book came out, well, then it opened up another revenue stream with the book. And then I'd speak and I'd make a thousand dollars selling books because people would want to buy the book. So another revenue stream came and then people started asking for advice and we made that into the coaching program. I still didn't see myself as a business coach. So it didn't really transpire until I think um my eyes opened up to like just having a conversation with this one person and they really let me say like, Daniel, you don't realize how much you know about business. Cause you talk about business a lot, but I said, I do it. I wasn't even aware that I was talking about business. I thought everybody, I thought everybody thought the same way I did, but yeah, they didn't. You just, you don't know. And then from that conversation, we did a big training called kill the employee mindset, which was like an infancy. But I realized that in order for you to succeed as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, you have to kill the employee mindset. And so many people come into business and they want to run a business, but they want to think like the employee they were. And you can't do that. That's why 90 percent of businesses are out of business within the first three years. Yeah. One of my one of my friends was telling me that he wants to open another convenience store. And I was like, oh, cool. OK. And I was like, are you going to work at this one? He's like, oh, no, no, I'm just going to I'm just going to uh, hire a bunch of kids from the University of Memphis to come out here and run them. I'm like, but you see what's happening to the one right now that you have. How is that going to work? You're going to have to be in the account, man. You're going to have to be in the store. And he's like, no, 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 man, we're doing great. I was like, dude, you haven't had a profitable month in like six months. You told me like, you know, it's not doing great. Yeah. And and a lot of it, going back to the question that Tony asked is, is now in 2021, we started writing our last book that we just, we finished up in last year. We started in 2021, which is The Millionaire Mind, and it's just been doing phenomenal. We've been selling like three books a day on Amazon, and I didn't want to write it. I, I didn't want to write it because I was, first of all, I didn't want to get the pushback from from society and from people because I have a big following on LinkedIn where I met y'all gentlemen at, and people don't have a good relationship with money. But I realized that the reason a lot of businesses were not doing good was because the owner the leader, whoever it was in charge, they saw money as a bad thing or not important. 
what do I mean by that? Let me let me let me explain. So we have from so from the book came our online course called The Makings of a Millionaire Mind, our course, which is 27 powerful life transforming models that radically change the way you think and see things. So we had our book, our boot camp, our millionaire mind boot camp here in November. Our next one's going to be May 5th and 6th. But this is what they don't get, right? If someone comes and says to us, money isn't important. And I think we've heard people say that, right? Money's money doesn't matter. Money's not important. I just want to help people. Well, you're you're not thinking in the right capacity. You're not thinking in the right framework because you're just you're self-sabotaging yourself. Because when someone says that or has that belief system that money's not important, what you're really saying is the people around you aren't important. Let me explain. So what is it? Let me ask like right. So what is a customer? At the end of the day, what is a customer to us? What would you say? Um, a customer to us would be somebody that's going to purchase our product via whatever source it is, via yeah. online or whatever. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, that customer, right? We're business owners wanting more business, wanting more customers, wanting more clientele. But that customer, that customer at some point is going to turn into a revenue stream for you. That revenue stream is going to turn into what? Money. Yeah. So, so if you have the wrong belief about money, if you have the wrong belief about money, then subconsciously, since money's not important, you're saying that customer is not important. So you're pushing them away subconsciously because that you you know. You don't know, but your subconscious knows that that customer is going to turn into revenue, which is going to turn into money. And then you push it away unknowingly because we're surrounded by our opportunities. We just don't see them because we have the wrong belief system and relationship with our with our money and our finances. The second thing that we do that we don't even realize is right, is that 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 same person that is is there for us to they want to work with us. They want, but we have the wrong shit with money. It's like yourself sabotaging yourself. And then you wonder why your business is not working the way it needs to be because you're pushing everything that's coming your way. You, you have an and right? You're resisting it because of your belief system and because maybe you think that money causes pain for you. Money is, is, is bad. Whatever your belief is, subconsciously, you need to change that. And you're not even most people aren't even aware of it. And the very customer that wants to pay you and work with you, you're not acknowledging it because you don't see it. Yeah, I remember seeing a guy said, uh, like, do you want to help homeless people? And the person's like, yeah. And he's like, you're going to need money for that. And like, just just say, like, you want to do something good. I mean, we live in a world currently that you have to have money to survive. So it's like the way you're the way you described it is so true, though. Like you needed to help people out. If you that if that's your end goal is to help people, you have to make the wealth or money to get to that point. Yeah, I mean, th- th- think about this. Either either people have they have a, a painful relationship with money or they have a pleasure relationship with money. And most of us, I would say over 80 percent of us have have a, 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 an association with money more in the painful side because we saw our mom and dad argue about money. We for me, I remember putting our toys on layaway for Christmas the way I wanted the toy today. We had layaway and our mom. Think about this. What mom or dad do I know I, a lot of my friends, you go to the store and you say, Oh mom, I want those. I want those hundred dollar pair of shoes. They never said, you know what, son, don't get those, get the ones that are $150. I want to spend more money on you today. Yeah. My mom or dad never said that. Yeah. My mom or dad said, guess what? Don't get the ones for a hundred dollars. Much less. Don't even look at the ones for 150. I want you to get the ones that are what? On sale. sale. Yeah. Yeah. And we're conditioned that way. And that's why they know how to, they, right, the, 
And unfortunately, the 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 system knows how to take advantage of us because that's the way over 90% of, of Americans are conditioned. Yeah, and I would even say more of the world is conditioned that way. We're, we're just we're programmed that way. And it goes back to me. If you study it out, the, the source of this belief system was actually in medieval times when the, the leaders, the kings and the rulers of that moment, they were scared that the, the common man would, would take over them, right? Over, over, overturn them, overrule them. And they said, well, how can we over, how can we control these people? And they knew the system. If you go back to the, the Jishuaif, right? 400 years ago, they would say this, show me the, show me the boy and I'll show you the man. Give me a boy for seven years and I'll, I'll create the man that you need. They knew that. And, and the juicy whites, they, 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 they practiced this. They knew this. That's how they, they understood this. So did the Spartans, right? They knew this mindset that if you give me the boy, I'll give you the man. They, they knew this. So they took that into medieval times. So they controlled them. And then that's when they threw religion into it, which is religion, not, not God's word. That, right, um, to be poor is to be humble. And then all this belief system, it just, it put us, it enslaved us in our own thinking. And mm. unfortunately, that's why a lot of religions nowadays, and I'm not religious, right? I'm not, I don't, people say you're religious. I'm not religious. I believe in Jesus, but I'm not religious. But so many people that are caught up in religion, they, they're right. And I'm, I can say this because I'm a Christian is we're the worst ones because we don't believe it. Cause we think we, we think in that poverty consciousness and we're stuck in that shortage mentality. Wow. Is that making sense? No, yeah, it's definitely making sense. I just thought about something like, when we're talking about customers and stuff, like we're all an opportunity for whatever company we're buying from. And if that company makes a mistake, then we're going to take our money. So they're going to lose us as opportunity and we're going to go to another company and buy. So that other company gained us as opportunity also. Yeah. The mistake that we make as business owners, and I have to remind myself of all this, what's the lifetime value of a customer? Most people they sell a book, right? We'll just say you're a new entrepreneur. I sold a book. Yeah, I made $25, whatever it is, $20. And to, to many young aspiring people, that's the end of it. Or whatever product you're selling, you make one and then you're done. No. Like, what's the lifetime value of your client? And, and for us, I think right now, I mean, our average client spends about $10,000 with us on the average, give or take. A good, a good percentage of our clientele is is about a 10 our, our clients are worth about ten thousand. of course there's an entry level where they want to get to know you they build you but if you don't see the value in the human being if you don't see the value in your customer imagine that imagine if i had the wrong belief system with money which i did you're always a work in progress but when you shift that you 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 open up the gateway for more to come your way and many 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 business businesses or bottleneck is the thinking of ownership, the thinking of the leader, the thinking of whoever's running it, because whoever's running it is is the lid for that organization. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like if you know how you were saying they're using the book as the example, if all you did was sell that book and then never do anything else, you would lose the customer because there's no there's no other product for them to purchase. So yeah. like the, the retention of that, I'm not retention, but for them to be a repeat customer, you have to provide new products over and over and, or experiences like you guys provide, like that, um, like the getaway you guys are doing in May, you know, like that's something that I, if I was a customer, a, a customer of yours, I'd be like, Oh yeah, you know, I want to go do that. That's something different I can do and learn so much while I'm there. 
Yeah. Well, money is a resource, right? Money is a resource. And the, the, what I love about money, when I change my perspective of it, it, money is creativity. What do I mean by that? Money is creativity. If you have an idea, you it, it's going to take finances to create what you want to create. And even though you have the idea, it, you can't be created. It. So money allows you to be creative. Money allows you to, to, to create the, the products, the services that you need. And to your point, exactly. We did the book. And then as we're doing the book, I was like, maybe we need to do the course. And it took money to build out the course. I wish it took a dollar, but it didn't. It took thousands. <laughs> but but people don't see it that way. And then when we did the our boot camp, the Millionaire Mind boot camp, it's like the stage itself. We spent like five thousand dollars on the stage. I didn't want to. I mean, I would have been like, I'll just keep it in my pocket. But no, most right, most short-minded, shortage-thinking people, they wouldn't reinvest the money in their business, and then they wonder why the business doesn't grow. And because we invested in the course, we invested in the boot camp. I mean, we had a great turnout for our first one. We had over thirty people there. And right, it's a higher ticket item and people. The thing is, this is that it's not even about the money and that aspect of the revenue coming in. It's about the lives that you're impacting and changing. I mean, we had grown men and women like literally crying about just things they couldn't see. They were like, I never knew that. Dan. I'm like, wow. Like literally, like it's just they had a, a huge breakthrough, a huge shift in, in their heart and their mind and their thinking. And that's why. I love what we do. When you come to our events, whether it's our Sticker Shock Speaking Academy, that sign you see in the back, or whether it's our boot camp, or whether you come to our women's conference, it's like people are leaving differently. And it's, of course, it's a lot on the person. So many times people come with a closed mind and the wrong approach, the wrong attitude. No, you got to open your heart to receive what God has for you. You got to receive what, what people have for you. So do you ever have people that come and you're just like, I can't help you? Because they're not, maybe helpful. they're not open yeah. to the yeah. idea, like they're kind of closed off to it or what have you. I would say that, great question, by the way, Tony, the, the thing that I would say, my response to that is you attract who you are. Mm. I'm pretty bold about who I am, right? When, when people, I think when, when y'all reached out to me to be on the show, you know, I'm going to talk about God because <laughs> if you look at my timeline, yeah. it's all over. I mean, I'm just, that's, I don't hide it. That's just who I am. Yeah. People don't like it. I tell them unfriendly. So I, I think for the most part, um, 90% of the people that come to our events, they're, they're faith believers in some form. I will say though, we just had this discussion because I remember one of our clients that came, she came to sticker shock uh, over a year ago and, the first Zoom we had, she, she brought out a crystal, and I'm like freaking out because she's like, yeah, let me see what the crystal says. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> she was an older lady. Yeah. And I think the younger Daniel would have been like, I got to go, lady. Talk to you later. Like, I'm not into crystals. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just she caught me off guard, especially being, you know, especially being an, uh, an, an older lady. And I just like, okay. So I just listened. And uh, she came to our event really full of love and I said, okay. So she, she just, I just said, okay, God, like what's going on here? And God just said, just talk to her, show her the way. Cause many people don't know the way they think they know the way. Cause we've been blinded by just so many things around us. And the beautiful thing about it, she went from looking at crystals and what way is the crystal turning to just the other day. She goes, Daniel, I love Jesus. And thank you for just loving me. And the thing is, 
most people that I realize, guys, is that they've never felt the true love of God. They've never felt they're looking for the void to be filled through alcohol, through drugs, through sex, through shopping, through food, through crystals. And we're trying to fill that void, and it's a temporary void. And really, the only thing that's going to fill that void is, is having God and Jesus in our hearts, man. And I can tell you from that because that was me. It didn't matter how many hardies I had, how many, how much success I had. It just the, the, the true happiness, the peace that I have, it's just it, it comes from having God in my life and I don't have to worry about it. I mean, you definitely got to be aware of what's going on. But to say that I have sleepless nights, like I hear so many people have, and I'm like, I never worry about payroll, what I got to pay. And, and we got a big nut that we got to pay every month. I mean, we got some overhead, but I just... It doesn't it doesn't worry me because I know that as long as I'm doing the right thing, God's got it. So what's your current relationship with God? Man, he's my CEO. <laughs> he's my CEO. The first year in business, we were doing good. Like I said, we broke six figures into our in, in the beginning of our second year. He goes, do you really want this to take off? And I'm like, of course I do. And of course, it was an audible voice, but just in studying, I could feel that. And it spoke out to me. That's when nine. Uh, that's when all that happened with COVID in the beginning, around that time in, in March. And he goes, "Well, you got to let me run this business." And I was like, "I thought you were." He goes, "No, like you're busy, Daniel, doing nothing." And even though I was busy, I was busy maybe going in circles. And literally, if you go to my clubhouse, I don't even. I'm not really in clubhouse anymore, but. My profile there says, God is my CEO. So if you go to my LinkedIn profile, it says, Daniel Gomez is the president of Daniel Gomez Enterprises because God's the CEO. So the moment I really put God first in my business and then my wife and my kids, my family, and then business, man, we just, we've been doubling every year nonstop. And this last year, we had a tremendous year. This year, we already had a, I, I mean, it doesn't make sense, but it's not supposed to make sense when you're doing the right thing. It just, it happens. So many people, we try to do a business plan. We try to forecast and you definitely want to do these things, but sometimes we put too much thought on the planning and we don't execute. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where most people screw up is they don't execute, right? They, they, they don't have the applications. Uh, they don't apply what they need to apply. And if you don't execute, you're not going anywhere. I don't care what you do. So that being said, when you're doing the right things, when you're executing with the right principles and we have God as our CEO and how, what does that look like? People say, well, how do you talk to God? How does that God give you the strategies? I'm like, it's easy. You spend time with them. So literally in the mornings when I don't want to wake up, I'm not saying it's easy. When he, the Holy spirit prompts you to get up at three 4 o'clock in the morning, you get your tail up and you just go into prayer. But I'm not going into a prayer where I'm like, oh, God, bless me. Help me. God, help me. No, I'm like, I, I put on a worship song and I just invite the Holy Spirit, God's presence into our prayer closet, our prayer room. And just I just sit there quietly. I just lay there quietly for 40 minutes, an hour. It just depends on the day. And the ideas come and you just sense it. And that's how Sticker Shock started. Sticker Shock came to me as an idea in prayer. And I called my publisher at the time. I said, hey, man, I said, I got this idea. What do you think? And I was, and I thought he was going to tell me I'm crazy. I really did because it was during COVID. And he, I go, man, um, God gave me this idea in prayer. What do you think? I start sticker shock. He goes, what sticker shock? He go, it's a speaking academy. We can have it here because San Antonio was the only city open, one of the only cities open in Texas. 
at the time because of COVID. And I really thought he was going to say, Daniel, go back. Yeah, you're so dumb. Right? He goes, I love it. Let's do it. I'm in. Come on. Let's go. And if it wasn't for him, it, I mean, the belief that he gave me back, I would, I, we would have never had Sticker Shock. So that launched it. And that year, it Sticker Shock's what carried us because I just thought it was going to be a one-time event. We had already had our conference for our business conference for next March already booked. And like everyone knows, COVID continued for almost a year and a half, two years. So we had the venue, we had our keynote speaker. He goes, we're going to have to do sticker shock again. And it just kind of doubled and grew from there. And so every six months we have our sticker shock speaking academy, but that was the, the, the business model that carried us in 2020 and really has become um, just life-changing for many people. Cause I was thinking, cause I spoke everywhere. I thought everybody was doing it and they weren't. So it's just really the ideas that we get come from spending time with God in prayer and meditation and just let, letting those ideas, those resources be downloaded into your spirit, into your soul, into your mind. So how do you help somebody that's at that state where they have an idea, but the fear is crippling them to start? You just have to have them see the value in themselves. Most people undervalue who they are. It doesn't matter where I go speak. I was, I spoke in Asia. I was actually in England. I met some people out there and it's amazing how it doesn't matter what part of the, I would say it doesn't even matter what part of the country, but even bigger than that, what part of the world you come from, most people undervalue themselves. They don't believe in their capabilities. They don't believe in them. And you see it because they, they have this, um, it's not the doubt. It's just the belief that they lack within themselves. They believe it for everybody else. They believe it for you. They believe it for me, but they don't believe it for themselves because they just never been supported that way, maybe for their mom and dad. And I think as parents, we don't realize we say things like, well, don't be showing off. Right. Don't be bragging. Don't don't. Right. Don't. And we'll just say, and, and I see this a lot with, with kids, not kids, with, with, but with, Adults that are older, adults that had two or three sisters or brothers. I was like, well, what's, what is it? What do you think it is? And a lot of stuff that comes out at that moment in those coaching sessions is the fact that maybe they were the little brother and they were great at basketball and their brother sucked. And that, right. They would be like, yeah, I made the A team. I'm badass. I'm mom. I'm good. And instead of celebrating the kid, them, the mom or dad would say like, don't be showing off. You know, your brother didn't make basketball. You know, he's heartbroken. So it, it teaches you to dim your light. It mm -hmm. teaches you to play small. And another huge play, right? And I say it's it's, it's really a, a pandemic that we have going on in our in our country right now is that blended families are hurting so many youth. I mean, our youth are hurting right now because of blended families. Why? It's easy. It's psychological. You have a mom or dad, second marriage, blended family. We'll just say they both bring two kids to each, right? Two kids with mom, two kids with dad. But in each family, there's a dominant child. There's you have that 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 alpha, to say personality, and then they move into one house. Now you got two moms, all right, mom and dad, two alpha children from different households. Now they're competing, and this is the guilt trip that one of the parents says. As an example, the father will say, "Can't you just let me be happy? Can't you just stop fighting with everybody for one time in my life? Can I be happy?" This is what we tell our kids. Or the mom turns around and looks at the daughter and says, why do you got to be arguing all the time with everybody? Why can't you just 
let me let me be loved and let me be happy for once. So what do we do? We put a guilt trip, a manipulation on our kids, and whoop, they shut down. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and our parents never even realized. Not like they don't even parents don't even realize that they're doing it. Yeah. Because it's just something that, you know, like, hey, just just chill, just be quiet for a little while. And then, you know, whatever happens from there, you may not talk as much ever again with your family. Yeah. And you could be traumatized because I know I know there's people, I mean, young adults right now that, that are just they don't want to speak up because they don't want every time they spoke up, they told them I mean, literally, I mean they're told to shut up, right? Just shut up. And then you get a, a dad that's has some alcohol behind him and say, shut the fuck up, right? I mean, excuse my language, but this is real talk, right? We're talking and you traumatize a 13-year-old, a 14-year-old. I mean, and then they wonder why they're looking for for happiness or just whatever it is that they're missing in their life in a gang or in the streets or they run away because I'm not getting at home. And and the thing is, the I think I think just the parents need to have more awareness because that's that's hurting that's hurting your kids more than you realize. Mm. You know, that's, that's also what's so popular. It's it's so bad online because of like when, like you just said, when a child's not getting the love at home, they're going to find it, right? Whether it's gang or whatever. But then also they're on whatever chat rooms and there's some pedophile on there talking. Oh, you know, that the fuck your dad, blah, 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 blah. I'm your friend. And then boom, they're showing all this affection. And that's how this shit happens, man. Yeah. And just, or, you have, or you have like one day, I don't know what I was. I was like, man, I go, I was, I've never really been a TikTok person, but I went on there. I have a profile there, but I don't spend a lot of time there. But some of the stuff that pops up, I'm like, really? Like a lot of these young girls, they don't, they don't respect themselves. And even guys, right? I mean, I think it's not just the females, but I think there's just a lack of, of respect for oneself. And the lack of respect for oneself comes from lack of not having respect at home. And and you're right. And it, it breaks my heart because I mean, these are young, beautiful girls, right? Whether they're, some of them, one of them looked like she was 12, shit. I mean, she was like young. And it's like, why would you even wear something skanky like that on? I mean, why? Yeah. But they want to get the attention and it's all about the likes. And it's it's just, it's heartbreaking because it's it goes back to, do I have a father figure? Do I have a mother who loves me? And, and it's, it's, it's important. And there's no loss of... Um, there's no loss of, of, of people wanting to be loved because I think the world right now is needing guidance. They need hope. They need direction. And I think we can see that evident just all around us right now because there's so much despair in people's eyes where they don't know. Then we do them, right? The worst thing we could do is watch the news all day. And many people just watch the news and politics. And I'm like, get away from that. That's one thing I talk about in my book, right? You got to stay away from trash TV. Mm. One thing that I do is I stay away from trash TV because if not, it contaminates you because it just manipulates you. Yeah, it's uh, fear is currency. And they definitely try to instill a lot of fear in us. Like we live in Memphis and I'm sure you probably heard about the cops that beat that kid. And he eventually died like a couple days later. But like that's all they've been doing is inundating everybody with that information. And it's just like... And so CNN came here, and I think low key they kind of want something to pop off, you know, like a riot or something coming because that's good for them for the ratings, yeah. But yeah, like you said, if you continually watch all that stuff, you're gonna have like this negativity in you, and it's gonna start seeping into you. Like they always say, like it's diet's not just your food you eat, but it's what you consume, it's who you hang out with, it's what you're reading, watching, listening to, what have you. So if everything you watch is negative, you're gonna start being negative. 
And you're going to want to be around those crabs in the bucket type people. You know, they want to bring you down their level. They don't want you to be elevated, which is just sad to me because this, we don't, we don't have very much time on this planet in the grand scheme of things. And to waste your time with meaningless things or just negativity is just beyond me. Cause I'm guarantee you if, if you had a choice between watching some negative shit on TV or having your last breath, you're going to choose or have another breath at, you know, another day or whatever. You're going to choose another day instead of that negativity that you consumed your life with for that most part. Yeah. And the thing is, is that people say, Daniel, you got it made, right? But it's, it's not easy. It's as, as God's elevating you, as God's elevated our business, our brand, the ones you think that support you the most are the ones that are the least likely there are times. Mm. And, and this is a honest truth. I've never had a family member come and buy a book for me. <laughs> wow. I sold thousands of books. I've sold thousands of books, but that I've had someone come and pay for my book to say that I had a, my sister or a niece or a nephew come and buy a book or anything. No, that's crazy. Well, that's that like I've they had, say. That, yeah, that I've had a family member come to one of our, I mean, and I think this is, I, I think, and, 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 it, and it's really, hurt, it really hurt me at first. I, I got over it, right. As I matured, mm-hmm. but it's like that they don't even come. Like we have conferences for our women's conference for my, for, for breast cancer. And, and that my sisters never come, mm. our nieces never come. And, and even sometimes, right. I mean, my kids are my kids. They see me as dad. So they don't really see me as a, this motivational speaker guy, you know, and, and I get it. But to be honest with you, it, it's, it, it, it's hurtful, but I say that because you're listening to this show, you're watching this podcast and you have to understand that the dream that God gives you is for you. Mm-hmm. And as God raises you and gives you more influence, more, a bigger platform, you got to understand that there comes a time where it's okay to outgrow even your family. And I think that's where so many people get stuck, guys, is that they get they, they get stuck because they don't want to let go of their family or they want to want to go of those friends. It's like they're not even supporting you. Like, why the hell would I let them? You know, it it it, it was I, I had more friends, which wasn't many, but I would say more friends and family really support me. <laughs> And it's 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 sad, but it's the truth. And yeah. but I'm okay with that now, right? I don't, I don't take it personal because I know it's not a them, it's not a me issue; it's a them issue. Now, do you think it's um, maybe jealousy, possibly? Because they say oh, you're yeah. doing something, you, and like y'all came from the same place, but instead of just staying in that same place, you decide to move your roots and do something more with your life. Yeah, definitely jealousy and envy, and I can, you know why I say that because as I was coming up, I was jealous and envious of people that mm. were farther ahead of me. It's it's. It's human nature. I mean, it's, yeah. it's human nature, but but the maturity factor is you you catch yourself, you're aware of it. I just had a great conversation with one of my old uh, mentors and, and a coach that uh, who I love, Tony Watley. We had a good conversation. He just called me to say hi, and you know I've known Tony for five years now, and beautiful person. And I t- I don't know why I told him this, but just in talking, I said, you know what, bro, I got to tell you something. He goes, what? I go, there was a season where I was probably jealous and envious of you for like six months. I go, and I was honest, right? Because yeah. like I came out and then he came out and then like he surpassed me. And I'm like, in my eyes, and it's like, I, go, I, just, I just feel like I need to share this with you and I apologize. But the, the maturity is that you're able to talk about things like this and, and it brings healing to me and it helps me and whoever talks about those things that we try to suppress. But it's, it's and it's like Tony said, he goes, Bro, don't worry about it. I've been there, right? Like it's it's just 
part of something we go through sometimes to grow. And that's the part is many, many people, they don't, they don't, they don't want to, they, they want to grow in easy things. They don't want to grow in the hard work and it takes yeah. hard work because if you don't recognize what you got to do within yourself, then you're never going to be able to help people that are coming up that need your help. So I understand that, right. It's, it's like when you bring it to someone's awareness, then now they got some accountability but it's just like I've just learned that my family's not going to support me. And it's it's cool, right? Just look, as long as my wife's with me and my kids, right? I mean, I see the difference in my kids. My kids, to say my kids, I'm dad to them. Even they tell me, dad, don't coach me, right? But you just do it because it's kind of <laughs> like, it's habit. Yeah. But but I see the drive that my kids have. I see the drive that my daughter has. And this is the thing is that things are caught, not taught. You can't teach people things. You they 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 learn by behavior. Whatever we role model, they're going to catch, right? Whatever what, whatever behaviors you throw at them, they're going to catch it. You can't say, "Well, don't smoke cigarettes and don't eat junk food if that's all you're eating as a parent." That's, that's what they're going to catch because yeah. things are caught, not taught. Mm-hmm. So they see that dad goes to the gym. They see that dad is is making a successful business of himself. They're like, and this and this goes back to this. My son called me right. In, in February of last year, and you could tell, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, by no means am I that asshole that I was before, right? I'm not that hard dad anymore, but I could tell, like, right, the, when there's hard conversations, my, my son's voice, there's a crackle in it. I said, what's wrong, man? He goes, well, um, I love you. <laughs> I said, I love you too. He goes, dad, I don't, I, he was already, he was already getting a senior in college. He goes, I don't think I want to be a teacher anymore. I said, okay. He goes, well, what do you think? I said, I don't know. It's not for me to think. What do you want to do? He goes, well, dad, I want to know what you think. What I don't want to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. I said, well, it's not. I go, first of all, son, it's not my decision to make. Second of all, you need to decide what you want to do because it's your life and I'm not going to make that decision. And third of all, where's all this coming from? He goes, well, dad, I've been in band for 13 years and since I was a kid and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm tired. And, but meanwhile, he's, he had been, he'd been working part-time growing in what he was doing as a salesman and he loves it. And um, he goes, well, I think I don't want to be a band teacher anymore. Dad. So okay, is that your decision? He goes, yeah. I said, are you sure? He goes, yes. I said, great. Then do with it. Well, then. And then um, after like the tension was gone, right? Because you could tell he was a little bit nervous and stuff. I said, "Can I tell you something?" He goes, "What?" I go, "I didn't want you to be a teacher anyway, <laughs> <laughs> because he has so much more talent, right? Yeah. Nothing wrong with teachers, but I know my son. I know what the gifts that God's given him." And I said, "Can I ask you a question?" And in all seriousness, he goes, "What?" Now that you made your decision, I didn't make it for you. Why don't you want to be a teacher? I said, "Like, what's the real reason?" Like, you, 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 you told me your answer. I can't, I believe that's a big part of it, but that's not the real reason. What's 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 a bigger part of it? And this is what he said. Well, Dad, I see the life that you and Mom are living, and I know that being a teacher making fifty thousand dollars a year is not going to give me a fraction of the life that you have. And I want more for myself because I think I deserve it. Mm. How awesome is that? Yeah. And not that there's anything wrong with the teacher, not anything wrong with what anybody else is doing, but the fact is that my son saw his potential for himself. He saw the value that he brings to the marketplace. And I'm like, do it. And this is what he told me. 
he had a job. He was making good money. He, they were going to give him a raise. He was probably going to be making about 80000 this year in 2023. And um, he wanted to really be a sales manager. They were, they were kind of grooming him to be a sales coach there because that was he was doing it like part-time within the organization he was already at. They were paying him a differential when he would do it. But they didn't commit when he graduated from college. And he goes, Dad, I'm going to go look for another job. I said, son, I go, whatever you do, take the time. God's got it figured out. He goes, no, dad, I want to, I, I can do this. I'm doing it. And of course, now I got to catch myself because the protective dad, right? I want to protect my son. You're doing good. Don't be foolish. And I said, no, God, then this is what God said. Who do you think gives him? Who do you think's giving him that desire, Daniel, right now? I said, well, I guess you, because you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> so he just started a new job as a car professional, sales professional at an automotive dealership at Mazda here in San Antonio, North Park Mazda. And he has it in his mind. I mean, this, he thinks. I call him Julia, my 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 lab rat, right? He's my lab mouse. It, <laughs> he, out of all my kids, he's the baby. Yeah. So he he caught the best version of dad, right? Mm. So he's he's whatever he touches turns to gold, and I don't just say that because I conditioned him that way, right? He's programmed to think that way. He goes, Dad, I'm going to make two hundred thousand this year. I said, Good. He goes, no, I'm going to make it. I said, I believe you, but he just has this belief in himself and. Right now, I said, like, what don't, right? I still throw the God in the, into the mixture when we talk and pray, but because there was a point in his life that he didn't believe in God. And when I found this out, it, it, that's, you talk about the lowest point as a, as a father, because I wanted to smack him. I'm being honest with you, right? I'm like, what the hell did you just say? We were at a church in a men's group. But how can you see God? How can you believe in God if you didn't see God in me? Mm-hmm. Wow. How can I be mad at my son for not believing in God when I went to church, man? He didn't see God in me. And it's just a reality that I had to face and I had to swallow that up and forgive myself, first of all, for failing in that part of my journey as a father. But I had to make things right. And it didn't happen overnight. This was back in 2017 because that's when my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer and I was at the lowest part of my life and but these past five years it's like the success is great the millionaire mind book success is great sticker shock is great but not i mean nothing against anybody else of my family but my son my little king and and the fact that he calls me and facetimes me how many 21 year olds and my and and my son's no chump he's not like a dork he's not a geeky dude he's like he's a man's man but he comes looking for me and it's like, what father doesn't want that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's that, like, sorry, go ahead. No, nah, it's just, it's, 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 it's a feeling like no other. That's that's when you know you've raised your children right. Is when they take time out of their day to call you or talk to you, whatever it is about. And that I mean, that just says that you did it right, man. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that never hear from their kids. One of my buddies was telling me this the other day at work. He's like, man, I never hear from him. I was like, I, I was kind of thrown off by that because I talked to my mom at least, if not every day, at least, you know, once every other day. And my other two brothers, they talk to my parents at least once a week for like two hours when they call them, though. Yeah. And it's, it's just, I mean, not just for your friend, but for anybody. If your kids ain't calling you, there might be some resentment there towards you. Yeah. You got you to be honest with yourself. and. Ask them, like, right, what, what, what did I do wrong, or why, why do you, right? Because people say, 
I forgive. I think people misuse that word because you do forgive, but there's a deeper forgiveness because there's more than one level of forgiveness. But I think when people say, well, I don't, I don't, I know I don't have nothing against them. I don't, I forgave them. Okay. Well, then I ask the question, well, if, right, if there was some resentment there, <laughs> what would you resent? And then, man, once you use that if word, it opens up a can of worms and all the stuff comes out. Well, and then like, that's the stuff that you were pushing down that you didn't want to deal with. And many people don't realize that. And like your friend, what you're talking about there, it's, 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 it's sad, but it's true because we don't, we don't communicate with our kids. We just, we miss that part sometimes as parents and I'm guilty of that. And I think for me, success, when people say, well, what success are you successful? I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, the, the cars are nice. The house is nice. The business is nice, but it's just, First of all, having God in my life is success and having just that relationship with my kids and my wife is success and everything else is gravy. And that's the true meaning of success. And believe me, I mean, I, I like nice things more than anybody else, right? I like the good life. But at, at the end of the day, it's not just the money aspect. It's really just I've learned, right? Because I had money before and I wasn't happy. I mean, I thought I was happy, but I wasn't. I, I didn't have the joy that I have now. And the joy is just seeing your kids flourish and your kids look for you and just my grandson coming up. And it's just, I'm just a, a better human being than what I was before. And many people don't want to allow themselves to, to grow into that person. And you know why? One of the main things is people say, well, if there's one thing that keeps people from becoming a millionaire, Daniel, what is it? I said, they don't receive it. They don't know how to receive at higher levels. Mm. I do a corporate training where we do a, a compliment exercise. And you know how many men and women cry because they can't even receive a sincere compliment? So I pose the question, if you can't even receive a compliment, how do you expect to receive really the lifestyle that the millionaire mind's gonna bring you? You gotta learn to receive it because most people don't believe they're deserving and worthy of it. So a lot of people do, they just uh, like give like a, that's what I'm looking for. Like they just kind of brush it off when you say something nice to them or do they try to like give something negative back? Like, Oh, I don't, you know, whatever. They don't just truly accept it. Well, I'll give you an example. I think, I think we've all heard this at some, in some form or fashion. We'll just say, I say, Tony, Hey, Tony, man. Great job, Tony. Thank you so much for just the awesome job you did on the podcast. And then Tony will say something even unaware. Oh, no worries, man. It's just part of my job. It's just what I do. It's, it's good. Mm. So, really what you're doing by reacting that way is, is you're not receiving the compliment or the appreciation and recognition that you're given by someone for doing an outstanding job with helping with the podcast. You deflect it, right? Yeah. You, you deflect it or you hear somebody that I work and you give them a compliment. Hey, great job. Great job. Painting that fender. looks amazing. Oh, it's just part of my job. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. It's part of my job. No biggie. Yeah. They're not receiving it. They're, they're, they're deflecting the compliment. They're deflecting the recognition. And it goes back to what we talked about, right? Because we're not, we're taught to don't be bragging. And yeah. it's just, everything kind of goes hand in hand. But if you can't receive a compliment, how can you receive bigger things in life? Mm. So it's like really dismissive. Yeah. And that kind of takes away from what you, the nice thing you put out to them. Yes. So then or, 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 or like this, right? Just imagine somebody brings you a, uh, we'll say, hey, guys, I just to say I, I come back and I bring you a, a pizza and I give you all this. 
man, thank you for having me on your podcast. And here's a hundred dollar gift card. Go eat pizza or a nice dinner. Like, oh man, we don't need that gift card, brother. We're just happy to host you. And mm. You're not receiving. Yeah. I'm guilty of that 100% because my buddy Dave said to us the other day, hey, man, I really appreciate you um, letting me come on and stuff. I was like, oh, man, no, man, we appreciate you for taking your time out of your day. So I, I can just use that. I just I just did that like yesterday, I think. Yeah. So and at some form, you're not receiving that because, I mean, maybe he really is like, man, thank you, because no one else giving him. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get hit up all the time to get on our show and. It, it's a touchy subject, but I'm just like, well, you know, get with my project manager. So now I let my project manager filter through the request. But if someone's not a fit, they're not a fit. But if someone came on your show and you really made them feel important, like, right, we're having a great conversation this morning, we, us three, like, I'm grateful. Yeah. And you have to receive that because if not what you're doing, right, like you're pushing the money away, you're pushing maybe future guests that you want on your show because you're not grateful for the show. For the for the success you've had with your podcast thus far, does that make sense? Yeah, most definitely mm-hmm. it does. What do you think about the state of men today? Oh, we're weak. Do you think there's any type of like turn around, like we can do a U-turn? It's sad to see that you go to the restrooms now, and more and more you're seeing less men and women restrooms. You're seeing unisex. Mm. That's that's a mental brainwash that I see that's trying to happen. It's sad that you don't see men's men on TV anymore. Like when I was a kid, like Gunsmoke, right? Bonanza. I remember Mel Gibson, The Fall Guy. These these shows that that just had masculinity to them. Like even Dukes of Hazard. I think we can all relate to Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. How they were adventurous and just doing things. And even through the paper towels, Brawny, right? You used to see these Brawny commercials <laughs> now and. And Mr. Clean used to be Mandy. Now Mr. Clean looks more like a woman because he's he has an earring and all this makeup on. It's like they're they're trying to take away masculinity, and and it's made soft men soft. I mean, it, it really has. <clears throat> and I think that that we need to realize that, and and it's okay to be the leader of your home. It's okay to be a man's man, and it's okay to to take the role of that person, that man in yourself and, and not be ashamed of it. And I think that it's just, there's, there's so much, there's so many different opinions about, right. From different sources. But I would say that we definitely need to step up in America. I, I was, I was walking to the mall yesterday, the other day, and it was, it's just sad because you see these men and they're not even men. I mean, they're just like, there's, there's, if we were to go to war right now and throw us out in the field, man, we get slaughtered. And I think that's the objective. Mm. Unfortunately, we're just being brainwashed. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's the truth because you talk about unisex, you talk about all these different terminologies and it's just, it's just not, it's not healthy. And, and you gotta, I was watching this clip, how even in Britain, right. How they were showing how, um, you know, how soccer is big over there. And I don't know what it was. It was Britain against, uh, I don't know what, Team. I don't know if it was Russia or it was it was one of those leagues playing each other and they were at a pub and man like these right these other these other men walked in and they just annihilated these six guys at the pub because they were just so weak and soft mm. and right I mean you got people that have that soldier mentality and right you just you, you got to do what you got to do and I think that there's that lack of mental toughness and I'm guilty of that right I, I put myself through 
through more challenges now to to grow my mental toughness and to have that warrior mentality because you need it because you just don't know what's going to happen and if if, if you're weak-minded you're not going to make it in the future yeah i think that's why like andrew tate really popped off i mean like there wouldn't be he wouldn't be so popular if that wasn't uh needed maybe you don't have to agree with everything he said but i agree with a lot of stuff he says about men like that i think a lot of men are weak a lot of men are just want to be comfortable they don't want to do things hard they want the big things but they don't want to get to the work takes do the work that takes to get to that they just want stuff to be given to them and yeah. to me, that's that's not the way I was never I was never raised that way. Everything I I have, I had to work for it. I've earned it. You know, so. Yeah, that's 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 tough, man, because it's it's really rough that, you know, they want to make you feel bad about something you can't control. Now, you don't want to be a rapist or something like that. Like those guys know. But to just be a man and if you're not doing anything harmony, anybody, what's wrong with that? Like now they're attacking like uh, also they're attacking like uh, big dudes at the gym, like muscular dudes at the gym. Like, oh, why you got to be that big? And I was like, because I fucking want to. That's why I'm not hurting anybody. I'm literally lifting weights and t- whatever they do. And but like that shouldn't be even an issue. Like if they want if he wants to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Good. Maybe maybe if I'm getting my ass beat one day on the street, he'll see it and come help me because he's bigger than me and can, can help me, you know, like or whatever it is. But I don't know it's just it's it's one hundred percent under attack, and they definitely they did this intentionally. I think also so there wouldn't be any backlash. I saw I saw a movie poster yesterday, and it's a Super Mario movie, and in the front is Princess Peach, and behind her are like the male characters, and then behind them is um, Donkey Kong. Now, if they had put Donkey Kong in the front, it would have been toxic male culture, all this. If they put Mario in front of the the Mario Brothers in front of the uh, Princess Peach, it would have been a males in front of the woman again. So, like, so they, I'm pretty sure they had to do it that way. But why would you put a woman behind a man anyways? No, I'm saying, like, in the picture. I get what you're saying, but, like, I don't know. I, I would think that at least she would be by your side or behind you, not in front of you. What now? I, I could be wrong. What do you think, Daniel? Like if you're walking, like when you're walking, do you usually walk in front of the woman or does a woman walk behind you? Like opening up the door. Oh no, you open the door for the woman. So that's what I'm saying. She would go in front of you in that situation. But do you like walking up, you'd probably be in front of her until you get to that point. Right. I don't know. Just from like a protection sense, you seem like you would be the one in front. But I I think what he's saying is that they put her in front purposely that way. No one would say, well, why is, why is a man in front of her? That's what I'm called, saying. It's called Mario Bros. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But then why are they not in front? That's my whole point. That's, that's the But whole... I mean, I guess maybe because they're protect, because the whole end of that game is they're trying to protect her. They, they, get they her save from Peach, the, yeah. Whatever it is. I don't know. I don't, I haven't seen the thing. <laughs> I probably will never watch the movie, but. No, but I, I you know, I, I think one thing that the viewers need to realize as, as, from this podcast is you have to really start being aware of subliminal messages, right? There's so many subliminal messages and we take taken over, and this is a true fact scientifically, we've taken over a million optics a second, mm. a million optics a second. And marketers know this, businesses know this, people know this, right? And as you take in these optics, you're being conditioned and programmed because the dominant pictures in our mind draw us towards that. 
So if you continue to see, why do you think visions work, right? Vision boards work because if you continue to see those, eventually you start to draw yourself towards that. And marketing companies know that. Big, 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 big corporations know that. And that's how they get you. Why do you think they put so many Bud Light commercials during the football games? Because they know that if you're watching football, more than likely you're going to watch these commercials and more than likely you're going to buy a beer. Yeah. That's how, they, I mean, it's, it's just the way it works. So to what he was saying, right, that you see this picture of a, a woman in front of a man, you start seeing that over and over, you start to believe it as normal. And then the next thing you know, it's it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with with the, the picture to say, but the it's what's the message behind the picture. And I agree with you. I think when I walk with my wife and we're going through a crowd, say at a Spurs game or a basketball game, I'm always the one in front because I'm always the one carrying the pack for her, mm-hmm. making sure that she's okay. But I, I think as men, the bottom line is, like, as men, we need to man up more. We need to stop. Like, there's, there's, it's just, it's, we need to show our kids, right, our, our, our young boys, our young sons, to, 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 to be men, to be tough. And, and I mean, think about it, right? They're, they're teaching, they're, they're teaching girls to be football players. And they're, some of them are even tougher than men, which is sad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now, it's not funny, but it's sad. Yeah. Is there any way of helping a man who say is in his forties that may be childlike, or do you think that they're a lost cause? Now everybody has hope. And I say that cause I was 44 when, when my, this season of my life started. So I don't think anybody's a lost cause, but I think it takes extreme pain or trauma to really open up their eyes to want to change. And I think that when that, whether someone's diagnosed with cancer, like my wife, or you lose a loved one unexpectedly, or you get fired and you have a, a cop, right? You have a come to Jesus moment in your life. It's, it's someone going to respond. Many will, some won't. They'll feel sorry for themselves. And like we saw in 2008, many people committed suicide because they couldn't handle the loss of business and what happened. And I think there's going to be another stock market adjustment. Something's going to happen here soon. And you're going to see, right? The people that are weak minded are going to be like, they're going to, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of, a, a lot of people that, maybe take their own life because they don't have the, 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 the mental toughness, the foundation that they need in God, first of all, and they're going to trust in themselves. And it just, it's, it's, it's going to, right. Our, our economy has been growing for so much up. The real estate market has been going now for over well over almost 15 years already since 2008, since the crash. And there has to come a correction. I mean, it's, it's inevitable. And I think a lot of people, you're going to find out what they're made of because it's easy to be smiling and, and on and profiling when you're on top, but when, when things get challenging, and I think we saw that in, when COVID happened in 2020, you found out who was more resilient, who was tougher, who had more grit. And those were the ones that didn't make it right. I never complained. I mean, it sucked, but I never really like was, but the people that complained and right, they just, they went out of business or they just gave up and, I think a lot of people that, unfortunately, there's no stats to prove this, but I think a lot of people that we lost during COVID is just people that gave up because now they were faced with the real issue of spending time with their wife. Now they were faced with the real issue of spending time with their husband. Now they were faced with the real issue of being a parent, and many didn't know how to be a parent. And all of a sudden, I got my kids in my house 24 hours a day. Like, you talk about, I knew some people that were under tremendous stress, stress and tension, and it's just, it's, it's reality. And you got to learn 
how to grow and adapt. And many people don't have that mental toughness. And that's why it's important to have God in your life, man. So what steps would you tell somebody that's mentally weak? Start working out. If you can't commit to working out, if you can't be enough, right? Have enough mental toughness to start investing in yourself, even when you don't feel like it. That's, I think that's step one. You have to start getting a morning routine together. And for me, it's, it's really waking your ass up when you don't want to wake up. I didn't want to wake up this morning and go to the gym. I didn't, right. Was it the same intense workout that I always have? No, but I showed up. Yeah. And sometimes showing up is just a big part of victory. And, and you got to do something every day, not hit it 120% every day, but if you can do something every day, those small wins stack up and next thing you know, you're like, man, I'm doing it. So I think it's really, I think working out to, de- to, de- to develop the discipline of working out and investing yourself as a man through reading, through prayer, through working out. I think those three things are, are huge because a prayer is the spiritual side of it. Reading and listening to podcasts like this is the second part of learning, right? Growing your mind. And then your physical aspect is taking care of your body. And even if it's just walking, right? Today we did a speed walking uphill and it was, man, I was tired as crap because it was, I hadn't done it at that, at that speed in a long time, but I was sweating my ass off, burned 400 calories, but it was, it was good. I needed it. Yeah. But you gotta, you gotta make yourself go even when you don't want to go. It was freezing here in San Antonio. We had rain. The whole city closed down for three days. I still got up. Didn't want to. It was rainy, cold, but I still ended up waking up and working out. And did I want to get out of bed? Hell no, I didn't want to get out of bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but you feel better of, once you're done. Yes. And it also sets yeah. the tone for the day, right? If you work out in the morning, because you're less yeah, likely yeah. to fuck up if you do well or once already. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I, I saw something one time, this guy was like, how, I think it was Brad Lee actually. He's like, how am I going to be a billionaire if I can't control what I put in my fucking mouth? Yeah. And it's just something as simple as that. And he's like, just watch what you eat and then push heavy shit. Like get your heart rate up. And then like, um, it was, it was also that like, like you said about the morning thing too. Cause like if you're, if you can get up like five o'clock in the morning where, you know, you're in your comfortable bed, it's dark and all that stuff. And you can go to the gym. Then like I said, just kind of just set the tone for your day. And then you've already accomplished something that most people haven't accomplished. And if you're in shape, you're probably going to be ahead of most people. And if you can get your body in shape, what else can you fucking do? Well, it's just, it's just the fact of you got to really commit to yourself. And pe- most people, they never have the financial success, the financial freedom. They never have the life they want because they're just interested in it. They're not committed. Yeah. And something happens in your mind. Once you commit, then that's when all the forces of the universe come together because now you put out that intention. And the truth is that you attract who you are. So when you put out those intentions, you start attracting those opportunities. And many people never experience those opportunities because they never really fully commit to wanting a better life. They never fully commit to having a successful business and never fully commit to developing that millionaire mind. And you got to commit because when you're interested, you just do the easy things and then you always make excuses when it's not easy. Yeah. Now, do you push those people away that don't have that same mindset as you, even though say you've known them forever? I give myself permission to outgrow people. Yes. I don't think you should feel guilty because what's, what's happening is this, right? Just imagine, just imagine this is, if if, if, if if we're a train going on the path, the track right now, 
and those people get off, they don't want to fully commit. What if there's two people like yourselves up ahead that want to get on the train? There's no room for you because I'm waiting or I'm, I'm, I'm stalling my train, hoping these other people will change and they don't want to. Yeah. But I'd rather pick a Tony up and, hey, this guy I can help because he wants to help. Mm. But I think so many people get stuck, like you said, in that craft syndrome because they feel guilty because, oh, it's my homeboy from a long screw that if they don't want to grow they don't want to grow yeah everybody complains but they don't want to they don't want to change mm-hmm. so I, I i think it was I, I think it was uh who was it i think it was eric thomas sometimes said i don't lead people i just outgrow people mm. and it's their choice not me yeah because you give people that you give people the choice to, to to grow with you or to or to improve themselves and because the truth is we only have so much capacity and room to have people close to us right there's only so much room that we have that we can focus on to really have these relationships within us. And sometimes your season with that person is over. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I struggled with because I wanted everybody to love Daniel Gomez or to like Daniel Gomez inspires. And the truth is not everybody's going to like me. But I think our responsibility is you can't hinder yourself and stop your train because there's more people that, right? People jump off your train. You're, you're, you're waiting there on the track, hoping to jump back on or people mm-hmm. just don't want to be part of your train anymore. And, you're just come on, man. No, like you just gotta. Like TD Jake said it. When people leave you, praise God, because that means he's bringing somebody new into your life. Mm-hmm. That's some good information right there. Yeah, you just never know. We just never know what's around the corner. And, and man, it's been a it's been a great conversation, guys. Thank you so much for bringing me on the show. I, I've been loving this, and just let your viewers know that there's nothing in this world that you cannot do when you truly commit to wanting to change your life, and it doesn't matter. How young you are, how old you are, you're never too young, you're never too old to follow that dream in your heart. If you feel something in here, go after it. Don't be scared. Who cares what your friends say? Who cares what your parents say? Your dream is for you. Your God-given dream is for you, not for anybody else. And so many times we allow that dream to die. We allow that dream to fade away because we're so worried about what he's going to say, she's going to say, what they're going to say. Who cares what they say? Just go after it. Yeah. If I would if I would have listened to everybody around me and not really what was in my heart. I wouldn't be here in front of you, pouring into your audience and caring about what people can become and what they really can do in their life. This is, I'll end with this, is there's there's no practice life. We only get one shot in life and we have the illusion, we have the illusion that we have forever, that I'm gonna wake up tomorrow. Tell the mom or tell the dad that lost her son or daughter last night, if it's an illusion. Mm. Man, Tony says that all the time. Just in general, he's like, you never know how long you're going to be here. Like you, we might not wake up tomorrow morning. You just never know. So you, and and most of the time he's telling me this because he's always like, dude, you need to do more. You want to be more. You need to get out there and do shit. And like, and you know, I finally started back and I finally listened and started listening to him again. But like, it's just, you know, he, he, he never ever says anything towards me in a bad way. He says it because he wants me to be the best version of myself. Whether it takes me longer to get there, sure, whatever. But he wants me to be better. Yes. But I always tell him, I, mean, I, I, mean, right? I can't want more for him than he wants for himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole thing of you, if you're not mentally there, you're going to always revert, revert back to what's comfortable. Yeah. You, we, always, we, we always run back to the familiar. Yeah. Familiarity kills our dreams. Familiarity brings complacency. And, and mm-hmm. you're right. 
And you should be grateful you have somebody like him that. that, that oh, I tell him. That. I tell him all the time. <laughs> no, but in general, right? We we all need it. We all need a Tony in our lives. <laughs> He well, he's mine, so they can't borrow him. He, he can, he can, I, can, I, can, I can lease him out every now and then. Maybe we can make some money. You can be, hey, become a motorless speaker. <laughs> I like, I like Daniel. I appreciate, uh, yeah, this, man. man. Um, so we got a couple questions we can ask you before we end. Is that okay? Yeah, let's do this. All man. right. So, what is your definition of happiness, and are you happy currently? Well, I'm definitely happy. I, I'm more than happy. I'm joyful. Right, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I think when you're alive and any day above ground is a good day, you have food in your, in your thing. It's, and it's not, I'm not being, I'm not being silly. I'm I'm being honest, right? I'm I'm joyful. I'm full of joy. And my definition of happiness is, is knowing that you're going to have an opportunity in the day to, to be a miracle to somebody out there. And I think so many people wake up and see what they lack in their life instead of seeing the blessings that they have. And when you realize that you're more blessed than you realize, how can you not be happy? Because you get to share that, right? I got. I was looking forward to this conversation today, and I'm happy because I got a chance to maybe, not maybe, but I know this. they're going to listen to this, and someone's life's going to be changed because of the conversation that us three gentlemen had today. Yeah, absolutely. I have one more question, and this is completely off topic probably, but what do you think about people that tell people not to buy their children like expensive gifts for Christmas and stuff because others don't have, other pe- other parents may not have the means. I think it's on in proportion to what you're capable of buying. I don't think you should put a limitation. If if, if I busted my ass <laughs> and I'm waking up at four o'clock in the morning spending time with God and I want to give my son a Rolex, well then I'm gonna give my son a Rolex. It's not my fault that that other kid's father didn't want to wake up and be the man of the house and own it. And I agree with you 100%. I, I was seeing some posts people were sharing about that recently and over like the holidays, you know. I'm like, well, what if, like you just said, Dad A did everything he wanted, got everything because of his hard work, and he shouldn't reward his family with, you know, Christmas gifts or birthday presents because his buddy couldn't do it also? Like, I don't know. I'm with you on that. And I say that because I gave my son a Rolex, right? And the job oh, that he got. <laughs> I would be your son. <laughs> The, 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 the job that he got was because, right, when he showed up for the interview, he already looked successful because mm-hmm. he's already successful. Yeah. And how are you going to turn away a 23-year-old young young gentleman that just graduated from college that looks like success? He presents himself well. Not only does he talk the talk, but he, he's walking it because in his appearance. And, right, and and for, I've for told, his um, I try to tell him Christmas this, Daniel. What's that? Yeah. Like, I try to tell him. It's like people judge you. People look at your appearance, and if you look disheveled and all sorts of shit, they're going to automatically have some ideas that you're lazy. Yeah. Like I gave my son his birthday. Well, my son, so this year was unique because he graduated December 10th. Christmas was here, then his birthday, January 4th. So I was messing with him. I'm like, dude, like you're like you're one guest for all three occasions. Like, oh, man, right? <laughs> but I knew that he was going to graduate. I knew that he had it in his heart. So I gave him. Right, I bought him a Mont Blanc pen. I gave him my my original Mont Blanc pen, which is now it's if you go buy one at the store, they run about five hundred dollars, right, with taxes and everything for Mont Blanc. But in the automotive industry, that's what you that's that's it, right? You want to get a Rolex, a Rolex, and a Mont Blanc pen, and you've kind of arrived at some level of success in the automotive industry. Mm. And I mean, I, I've had several of these, and I said, you know what? I go, God said, give him your pen. Like, go. That's what he's. Set them up to succeed. So as a parent, how would you 
to answer your question even deeper, why would you not do that for your son or daughter? Yeah. Why would you not get them a nice car that gets them to get them to work on time? Why would you not show them the way? And I'm not saying buy them everything you want, but if you have the means and they've earned it, and believe me, my, my son's earned it, my daughter's earned it. If they've earned it, and not that they're bratty, by no means, but if they're not that they're entitled, but if, why would you, right? Think about this. Why would God, why would the Bible tell us to obey these laws that you may be prosperous and blessed? Think about that. Why would it say in the Bible, if God didn't, if the ultimate father, which is, is God and Jesus Christ, want to bless us and prosper us because they want to provide us, right? They want us to have a great life so that we can be a blessing and pass it forward and advance his kingdom and help the needy, help the orphans and help whoever else needs help. How are we not going to want to do that for our own children and see them succeed? Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. And I think that people just try to justify their laziness. People try to justify their own shortages because they don't want to do the work and they just, it's easier to, to judge people. Anybody that judges people most of the time, it's because they're dealing with their own insecurities themselves. It's easy to talk shit when you're not doing anything because you know that you're living below what your potential is. Yeah. So do I feel guilty because I bought my son and gave him a Rolex? No. Do I feel guilty because I got him uh, a mom block pen? No. Do I feel yeah. guilty because you said that? Um, you said you were going to help me with some clothes. So send me a cash app for $250 here. Who doesn't want to bless your kids? Yeah, I think you should always want your kids to have more than what you had. Isn't that the point? Like you want you want a version of you, but to be better. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the thing is this, so that my son, I do this for him because he's not right. Once he, I mean, he's very successful on his own, but as, as a father, you, when you see your, your, your daughter, your son applying themselves and pushing forward, you know what? It's just, just think about the football games that we just watched this past weekend, right? The, the, they were stuck on, they were stuck on the yard. Nothing was moving. And then that, that big lineman comes in the back and touchdown, right? Yeah. So we need to give our kids that push because mm. sometimes they're pushing and they just need that push. And man, dad, thank you for believing in me that. And it's like, and it's not, it's not the material thing itself. It's, it's the meaning and the heart behind it. And that's what I want your audience to hear. It's the meaning in the heart. It's the meaning of the heart that, you know what, son, I believe in you so much that here's this watch because you're royalty, you're valuable, you're priceless. It's just, this is all, these are all the things the word of God says, right? You're, you're the apple of my eye. You're a masterpiece. So if, if, if you don't display that to your children, someone else is going to display something to them and they're going to probably buy that candy because you're not giving them the right candy. Yeah. Wow. All right. So I have four questions for you, Daniel. What's your advice for people and what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? My advice for people is stop undervaluing yourself. And my mark on the world is I'm going to help 100,000 people become millionaires. I like that. And then my last two questions are, what do you think happens when we die? And who would you like to give flowers to, like appreciation to? I would, what I would do is I, when we die, we go back, right? The, the, the word of Ecclesiastes says that we return back to our, to our God, right? So we go back to God. What heaven looks like, I don't know, to be honest with you. But I know that God is everlasting and God is spirit. But I know that we return back to him in some form or some fashion. And I would love to give flowers to my mom my mom passed away when i was 10 years old and i know that i wouldn't be where i'm at because i know that i was the baby of the family and she prayed for me all the time so i would give her flowers in heaven and say mom i love you and thank you for praying for me and watching over me 
That's beautiful. Man, that's deep, bro. And where can everybody find you at? My brand is Daniel Gomez Inspires. My handles that's on um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Daniel Gomez Inspires. You can go to our website, DanielGomezGlobal.com. That's DanielGomezGlobal.com. Or go to our website, TheMakingsOfAMillionaireMind.com. That's the makings with the nest, TheMakingsOfAMillionaireMind.com. Get a copy of our autograph book here in the States. Our course is going to change your life. If you're worth the investment. And then lastly, um, call me at 210-663-5954. Text me. I'll give you a complimentary discovery session for 45 minutes. No cost just for being a... Uh, audience here with these two great gentlemen here and having me on the linked up podcast come on <laughs> Thanks, I, that was 210-210-663-5954 send me a text i'll text you the link and we'll just set it up that way and i'd love to pour back into your community guys and i'm definitely going to buy your two books yeah when we get done and can i ask you a question what was the what was your reason for coming on like did you listen or i know he reached out to you but what was the reason why you said yes just I could feel his heart. Like sometimes people, it's, it's all on the approach, right? I always look at that and just his heart. And he was just sincere in his text messages, and he just followed up. And I think most people miss out in life because they don't follow up. I'm in sales, mm. and I believe that the fortunes in the follow up. And many people don't follow up. And you, he followed up, and he kept in touch. And it was just, it was, it's a good thing. And you want to reward people who follow up. I believe that because. I know I want to be rewarded. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Man, Daniel, thank you for giving us this hour. It's been good. Yeah. Now, my pleasure, guys. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're not linked up, get out there and get linked up because these two guys are on fire and they're just getting started. I appreciate Thanks, that, man. man. Thank you so much. And maybe we can do it again in the future. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm in. Well, keep in touch. I enjoyed man. it. I enjoyed it. Yes, well, I sir. enjoyed it too, man. I appreciate it. Thank, um, enjoy your Saturday and your Sunday. All right. God bless you guys. And do me a favor. Um, text me both of y'all's numbers on LinkedIn. That way I can save them on my phone and we'll definitely stay in touch. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Most definitely. All right. God bless you. Thank All you guys. Right. All right. Bye. Bye.